Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Well, what I do is uh, I look a woman up and down, and I say, Hey, how you doing? And I hope you're doing well, everyone. This is Jim McCarrens with The Good, The Bad, and The TV on the Believe Podcast Network. It's the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Here's hoping you do and that you'll subscribe to us and maybe even rate the show. Find us on iTunes or your other favorite directories like Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and tune in. Just don't ask me how to spell any of those. Now let's believe in the good, the bad, and the TV. The year is 2004. Summer Olympics in Athens, gay marriage in Massachusetts, Martha Stewart in jail, Michael Moore in his movie Fahrenheit 9-11 in Hot Water, Mel Gibson in The Passion of the Christ in A Holy Mess, George Bush in the White House for another four years. It's a full 12 months. Facebook is born. Britney Spears gets married for 55 hours. Casey Kasem retires his American Top 40 mic. Peyton Manning signs a $78 million deal with the Colts plus signing bonus, and Ken Jennings scores almost as much on his epic Jeopardy winning streak. In 2004, Americans lose Marlon Brando, Rodney Dangerfield, Christopher Reeve, Ronald Reagan, Ray Charles, Julia Child, and as of Super Bowl 38 on February 1st, our collective minds. Yep, 2004 is the year of Nipplegate on CBS. The Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake halftime show Scandal in Houston that brings eight years of controversy and litigation out of a half-second flash of breast. Me, I work, at, I work at the network at the time. My memories are twofold. First, within seconds of the end of the actual halftime show, I receive a page. Remember pagers? From a colleague. It's composed of five words. Did I just see nip? The second memory is from the following morning, a Monday, when within seconds of the start of the business day, an email goes out company-wide from our legal department telling us to collect and surrender any and all documents pertaining in any way to the airing of Super Bowl 38 the night before, especially the halftime show. And it begins. For those who've forgotten or who were not around, the Super Bowl halftime show in question, to be referred to here as the incident, I've capitalized the T and the I, is the one during which halftime performer Janet Jackson either accidentally or intentionally, either in conjunction with surprise guest Timberlake or on her own, exposes the areola of her right breast at the end of their Rock Your Body duet, when Justin takes a theatrical tear at her bodice. The reveal lasts about a blink, at which point CBS cameras cut to, fittingly, an areola shot of the stadium. I mean an aerial shot of the stadium. It becomes the rip, slip, and nip seen and talked about the world over and overnight. And the term wardrobe malfunction enters the language as part of the story slash scandal the size of NRG Stadium itself, enveloping CBS, the NFL, the PTC, the FCC, the NAB, as well as MTV, which produces the halftime concert, and AOL, which sponsors it. Headlines are written, stories are reported, hands are wrung, tears are shed. The children, people, what about the children? MTV gets banned from future halftime shows in its wake. Janet, her music, and her videos are blacklisted. And both performers end up having to off public, offer public apologies for behaving like boobs. 
The Federal Communications Commission gets further involved and ends up fining CBS slash parent company Viacom $550,000 for the incident. Uh, it's an amount born of a complicated corporate math formula that actually starts out lower, but the principles of math elude me, so I'll leave it at that. Beyond that, lawsuits are filed, including a class action one three days later by a Tennessee banker against Jackson and Timberlake themselves on behalf of, quote, all American citizens who watched the outrageous conduct. And another one three months later by a lawyer and father of three from Utah in small claims court, no less, for false advertising, saying that pregame promotion for the Super Bowl, and I'm not sure where he saw this pregame promotion, but pregame promotion for the Super Bowl led him to believe that the Super Bowl halftime show would feature balloons and a marching band. Well, he got half that. And in the world of television, after the incident, an immediate crackdown on, inde on, on indecency or perceived indecency in broadcasting. A creep of paranoia enshrouding executives and producers in Hollywood, not wanting to contribute to or more likely get involved in the ludicrous bath that the town is enduring, lest it lead to additional letters, phone calls, outrage, fines, and government finger pointing. Scrap the sex, delete the swear words, curb the attitude, crank up the patriotism, nothing but prayers and hymns from now on. The craziness reaches its peak, or low point, depending, one day at my own CBS home, where I find myself in a meeting with highly paid executives trying to figure out what to do about one of our newer sitcoms, it airs on our sister network, UPN, that features a character's slightly exposed backside, a guy. It has us all vexed. The show in question is animated. It's a cartoon. The exposed rear end is a drawing. And when it finally does air, this episode of Game Over features a nanosecond image of that backside pixelated, blurring out the offending ass, which, of course, everyone involved looks like. Any fines paid along the way as a result of the incident at Super Bowl 38, uh, payment is path to appeal, by the way, are eventually waived, but years and years later. The past to sanity is lengthy and serpentine, involving more and more outrage and higher and higher court levels. In all, the Nipplegate affair drags on for more than eight years, coming to an end in 2012. In 2014, 10 years after the incident, uh, now former FCC chairman Michael Powell says that Janet Jackson was treated unfairly, and he confesses that the whole bullshit ordeal, including his own reaction, was overblown. Here's my parenthetical. Make of it what you will that the, in, of the fact that in this sex-obsessed scandal, the woman bore more of the burden of controversy than the man, and that she was an empowered black woman at that. I have my own theories. Uh, ending the parenthetical here more or less exposes them. The good news, after, uh, immediately after the incident, the words Janet Jackson become the most searched ever in Internet history. As people go online to scour any and all possible uh, sources for footage to rewatch the big reveal. And it leads to a couple of guys thinking, you know, there ought to be a video sharing website to make all this kind of thing easier. YouTube is officially born on February 15th, 2005. It's that simple. You got to believe. Hey, send us some questions and feedback and suggestions on Twitter at, blog, at Believe Podcast or at Believe.com. That's also where you can get some info on advertising on this or any Believe show, but especially mine. We'll talk again.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.